whether it takes right. a month or takes five years, this ends now. Uh, there will be no Hamas, no more Hezbollah, no more Iranian regime. Um, it's it depending on how far it goes. There will be no more Chinese communists in charge of China. Venezuela will be. I mean, this is this is going to be a five-year conflagration. And if someone doesn't start a nuclear chain reaction, we're going to come out at the end of World War Three with a better better world, devoid of all of these death cultists who pretend to be Islam. I certainly hope so. And that has unfortunately been the prescribed result at the end of every world war, you know, the war to end all wars, right? World War yep. One. And I saw today that Russia put a video out, their propaganda of nuclear strikes. It's a CGI rendition of nuclear strikes on San Francisco and New York. Yep. And um, they went so far as to even show like landmarks in San Fran getting blown up, Americans getting vaporized, you know, and this was uh, these are nuclear strikes from their submarine submarines. And um, I think that you may be right that this is where that's headed toward World War Three. And unfortunately, I don't see an end to this conflict nope. um, without the involvement of other countries. This isn't going to be, you know, Yom Kippur war. We're just going to go, you know, it's not going to be that. This isn't, this isn't that anymore. When you look back at history, you have to understand the way the nuances were at the time. And when something like that happened there, the United States was incredibly powerful. The intimidation factor in the United States was a, was a big deal and was very real. It doesn't happen that way anymore. And so you have these countries like Iran and Syria, China, Russia feel like they can kind of challenge and are challenging the status quo. And I don't think, I think this is it. You know, I think this is that point where, as uh, one of our guests put it, um, the cognitive Marine, if you haven't listened to that episode, guys, uh, please go check it out. That This is the one for all the marbles. Um, you know, and I'm just going to say, yeah. you know, that I, I really do think that is. And before we really jump into this conversation, I also want to say about this conflict that, I think it's lazy to call this conflict an intractable conflict. And I think it's lazy to pretend that it doesn't have a beginning and that these people have been going at this for thousands of years. Mm. And I say that because I think it, it is a lazy way to look at it because it sort of removes the responsibility of trying to find some sort of conflict resolution, however that looks. And it, it pretends as if too, that the reasons why this happened um, are amalgus and don't actually exist. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they, they I have hope not that been going we, at this for thousands of years. The they they certainly ever. have not at right. all. No. no, but that is that is the easy way that people like to look at this, and and it, I think it's it's a a rose colored glasses view on this conflict that is uh, inappropriate and wrong. And hopefully, we can talk some of these truths and give some history tonight. And um. You know, I, welcome back, everybody. I came with our podcast. You guys uh, should mm -hmm. remember Christopher Messina um, from the Messy Times show. Um, this one <laughs> is actually an I came with fire podcast episode. Um, you know, we still we still have that, to come which on. Which is true. Messy We're clear now. Exactly. You guys are going to have to come right? on formally as a guest. <laughs> we do. We need to. And um, but you know, we wanted to have an episode, and this is a special episode. Zach and I have not broadcasted this one out on our social media. Um, you know, so this is one we feel is really important. Obviously, the time is right for this conversation. Um, there's a lot of emotions involved with a lot of people around the world. Um, and I also want to say, too, that this is 
this conflict is not just religious based. That is also a, a lazy way to look at it. And I've heard that a lot lately too. Yeah. This isn't just, you know, Jewish people versus Muslims or Christians being involved or whatever. That's, there are political, there are socioeconomic, there are ethnic issues. There's all these, these things, you know, uh, the disaster recipe for, for conflict. So, um, Christopher, thank you so much for coming back on with us. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I know you are too. And um, yeah, I will let you kind of uh, take the wheel here and begin this conversation. Great. Well, you know, Brandon, Zach, thanks so much for having me back on. I love, love sure. the, uh, the work you guys are doing. Um, it, is, um, it is a horrendous, horrendous thing that we're here now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, on October 7th, um, uh, I actually just got back from New York. I had been working, still was working on a big transaction, um, actually with, with some Israelis. Um, hmm. Came back, um, you know, had a bunch of meetings set up for the following Monday. And uh, all hell broke loose. Uh, and when I, I was yeah. watching... Um, what well, the yeah, getting the raw video out of Israel as it was as it was happening, and, and what you know the, the lunatics were streaming this all online. There's so many mm-hmm. dimensions to the sheer weight of lies that kicked into coordinated, premeditated high gear on yes. October seventh. Um, October ninth, I said to a friend, "It wasn't unique in this, uh, but those of us who have been involved in this region." Uh, for years and have watched this idiocy play out um, for 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 all these years. You know, October 9th, they said, I give it a week before every liberal in the world, every person in the media, every idiot on college campuses is screaming and crying about the kids in Gaza. Guaranteed. This is what Hamas does. They are a death cult masquerading as Muslims. They took over the Gaza Strip. What people don't don't under, don't get, or deliberately are are, are are propagandized into not understanding. I hear this constant refrain in, in the West: "It's an open air prison." No, it's not. It should be paradise. It should be Singapore. It should be Dubai. It would have been all of those things when the Israeli settlers left in a very mistaken, we might jump around here a bit, in a very mistaken attempt for land for peace, mistakenly believing this is about land, this is about a two-state solution, whatever stupid words people want to use, it has never been about that. Um, the, the great irony I, I find in listening to these complete idiots on American college campuses, many of whom don't know what they're talking about, many of whom it's the cool new thing, many of whom think they're going to meet a hot girl by going to the protest, whatever. But they're chanting, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Well, that's a yep. call for genocide. And it is. If, but the same idiots who are chanting that are then saying that Israel should have a humanitarian ceasefire. You're chanting death to all fucking Jews. And you are naive enough to then say Israel should morally have a ceasefire when everything happening in Gaza is Hamas's fault. They did this, right? In 05, 
when the settlers pulled out, which was a nightmare. The army, the IDF was in a weird position of having to remove Jews from their homes. Um, it was it was awful. It was it was a terrible mistake then. We'll never make that mistake again. Um, they left behind hundreds of millions of dollars worth of capital improvements, uh, agricultural, uh, water, sanitation, industrial, entire businesses that could have been used by a responsible government in Gaza to turn Gaza into literally Singapore, Dubai, right? Could have been paradise. Could have been paradise. Instead, a de- they elected a death cult who a year or two later when they had elections again, the people were not so enamored of what they saw of these maniacs and decided maybe we'll give someone else a try. At which point Hamas said, no, no, we're in charge forever. And they started throwing gay people off roofs. You know, Hamas has killed more, pal- quote-unquote, Palestinians in the streets as being, quote-unquote, collaborators with the Jews. Mm-hmm. So my whole point about all that infrastructure, instead of using that infrastructure to create a prosperous society and build on that, they forced the people to rip it all out because the Jews made it. The stupidest thing I've ever heard. If you cared about your people, right, if my worst enemy built a 30,000-square-foot mansion and a vineyard and, you know, and, and, and wonderful, wonderful things, and I took it over, would I destroy it because he built it? Or did, would I swim in his swimming pool and laugh at him, right? It, they are an evil, apocalyptic, nihilist death cult. The, you know, if, if, I, you know if, if I were a Muslim, I'd be offended at the idea that they call themselves Muslim. So I think a lot years, of them are. In terms of, I think a lot of Muslims are offended. Oh yeah, yes, Hamas. yes, yes, absolutely. It's madness, right? So, mm-hmm. just a quick finish up this thought, then we'll hop into something, right? You're good. So, um, the, the 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 insanity, hypocrisy, and calculated nature of the useful idiots in the left combined with a long-running propaganda campaign. You know, all these people moaning on social media and, and, and about, you know, the poor all this nonsense. Um, I've heard nothing from them for the last 12 years about the 400,000 Syrian Muslims killed by, by, by Shah al-Assad, right? I've heard nothing from them about the millions of Muslim Uyghurs captured and entrapped and tortured by the Chinese Communist Party, organ harvested. I've heard nothing about the Houthi rebels being bombed by by the Saudis, justifiably, I might add. But all of these crocodile tears about suddenly we care about the fake Estinians, I'll get to that in a second, um, is nonsense. It's absolutely ridiculous. They don't give a shit. All these people marching in America and Europe especially hate Jews. That's it. They hate Jews. And they found this great new excuse, this great new excuse to hate Jews in public. They don't have to say, I hate Jews anymore. No, 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 no. They're politically interested. They're concerned. They're anti-Zionist. They don't Mm. give a shit about Zionism. They don't care about Israel. They don't care about anything. They hate Jews, period. And the fact that people are calling for the death of Jews. I call it Harvard. Harvard. These American leftists have have reaped this and now they're sowing it. You've got people chasing literally a video of, of people chasing Jews in mm. Harvard Square. You've got forty five minutes of video 
in New York University fucking library where these kids have locked themselves in a room and this mob sounding like crystal knocked is on the door outside banging and the university later talks about well the, the police came, came and took them out of back door came and took them out of back door why weren't the police giving wood shampoo to the idiots banging on the door how is this fucking acceptable in this country and there are many things that are taking place you've already seen some of them we've begun an initiative me with a bunch of other silicon valley and wall street types much like bill ackman called for he said I want to make sure that as an investor, neither I nor any company I invest in ever hires one of these people. Much like you have a credit check and you have a background check where you get hired, we're starting to build a private sector version of that that will follow you for the rest of your life. If you are an idiot walking and chanting death to Jews, Palestine, whatever you, whatever stupid thing they've given you, rest assured, video capture, big data, facial recognition, we will identify you, we will name you, we will publicly shame you, and for the rest of your useless life, you are not going to be able to be employed in this country. And as Marco Rubio in Florida has already called for, if you are here on a student visa and you're not an American, we're going to deport you. So the big difference between 1939 and today is the Jews are fucking armed. We get a country and an army were backed up by the Americans, thank God, who are there to say this will never happen again. And so this is, as you know, I had this conversation with, with friends in Europe last week, talking to a lot of politicians. I wish this were not true. I do. But we are in day one of World War III. And when it ends, a month from now, five years from now, don't care. There will be no more Hezbollah, no more Hamas. No, no more Islamic jihadist party of any fucking kind. They will be gone, including the government in Iran who started this. So what, what I think they made the major, major mistake is the Japanese did at Pearl Harbor. They completely 180% miscalculated. If this were one more, we come under a tunnel, we kill five settlers, we drop a couple of missiles, we'd be listening to the nonsense in the UN. The Israelis would be pressured to get back into this stupid, fake, live, a peace process while Hamas builds up more missiles. The sheer scale of this atrocity and the fact that these idiots, these evil, evil people, filmed themselves doing it. That's what I love when I listen to these quote-unquote Muslim commentators and these leftists tell me it's all made up. I'm like, how, how dumb do you have to be? They filmed themselves doing it. It's so awful. It's so huge scale. No other country on earth would be asked to show restraint. If proportionally, 65,000 Americans were slaughtered in one day and 9,000 were taken hostage, right? No one would be calling for restraint. Nobody. They took down two towers and killed 3,000 people. We went to war for 20 years, yeah. right? And during World War II... When we were bombing Dresden and Berlin, no one was saying, but what about the German children? We need humanitarian relief for the German children. Hamas did this. Hamas did this. And every kid that dies in Gaza is dead because they use these people as human shields. So we've got a lot to talk about, but I wanted to set that stage for any kid out there listening to your idiot lying leftist professor at Yale or Harvard, you're being lied to. 
There was no such thing ever as Palestine. It never existed. Never for one millisecond of time in the world has there been a country called Palestine in which the people called the Palestinians lived and had an existence. It's a Romans, Roman name for a, a territory. Roman name. It's a Roman name for a territory to irritate to irritate the Jews. Someone That's sent right. me something the other day, which uh, if I can find the graphic, you guys can use it for the intro. It's basically it shows a, a Jewish star and then a list of the civilizations that tried to wipe out the Jews, you know, Egyptians, Babylonians, Romans, Sumerians, all the way down, and like eight more. They're all gone. They're no longer on the face of history. And at the bottom it says Hamas. And then the, the line next to it says, working on it. Mm. So that's my intro. Um, this is real This is real history. This is the real background. Uh, the, the Jews have owned Israel since Abraham paid for it. We got the receipt. It's in a book everyone trusts. And this nonsense ends. This nonsense ends now. So that's my intro. What are your thoughts? No, no I, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. And really the first thing I want to say about all this is that this, the attack that took place puts Israel in an impossible position because if they don't respond, right, they show this restraint, they don't respond. It's just going to keep happening. Of course. Right. So they respond and it's just a double-edged sword. You know, they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. They have a response in kind and start bombing and, Taking, taking measures to getting rid of this parasite that lives off the people around there. And, you know, they're immediately uh, called out as being, you know, for war crimes and all these things. Which is, is crazy. Right. Yep. And um, to, I also find it interesting the way the word Zionist has been co-opted um, because the word, so talking about history, right, we'll go back maybe a hundred, a hundred years, maybe 140 years ago, the word Zionist might make you think of, you know, a young European Jew who is trying to fight for and against anti-Semitism in countries like France and Germany and England. Right. And you have, um, you know, this is the time period when you have like Chaim Wiseman, right. Mm -hmm. And these are the other people who the Baluum, the groups, people that, you know, are petitioning the Ottoman empire to, um, have a have a state there in uh, along the Mediterranean, right? So it's a totally different idea of of what a Zionist is then versus today, right? And I just find it interesting how much it's been co opted to mean essentially. I feel like something almost akin to Hamas or Hezbollah. And well, it's that's like interesting. You're, yeah, well, it's yeah. used as a pejorative by Israel's enemies. It is for sure. Ab yep. Absolutely, yeah. And um, you know. To, to unpack a little bit more of what you said, you know, um, having having this happen in, in Israel, this isn't anything new. And this isn't something that has just just happened over the past couple of years. And I think it's interesting how much Americans are very um, they very easily fall into this trap of being told what to have these crocodile crocodile tears, like you said, over, you know, um, no one has talked about also, I just, I just watched uh, Vivek Ramaswamy on TV talking to Piers Morgan about what just happened in Azerbaijan with um, Armenians and mm. that situation that happened there. And this is another thing that you could just as easily talk about and have, you know, protests over. And, and this is the kind of thing you would expect everyone to be up in arms and about. But this happened in September. And this, yep. this is a this is a conflict that's been going on for 30 years. Um, New York Times podcast, The Daily, did a really, really good um, podcast on this, about 35 minutes if everybody if listening wants to check that out. But 
like you said, it's it's just this has become the new cry to it's a new way of being anti-Semitic without saying you're anti-Semitic. And I do agree with that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. This has never been about Israel. It's about Jews. Right. There's a couple of things I wanted to say here, too, is the uh, um, you're very right about how like the U.S. responded after 9-11 and no one batted an eye. This has been Mm. revered as like Israel's 9-11. It's their current 9-11. It's their current Pearl Harbor. It's like their current thing. And they have like me personally, I I think they have every right to defend themselves and to retaliate. And of course they do. The idea that anyone questions it's insane. I love the fact. Oh, does Israel have a right to defend itself? Does anyone else ask that of any other country? No. And that's ninety-five percent of UN resolutions. Ninety-five percent or so of UN resolutions the last twenty years have been condemning Israel. It's insanity. The only democracy in, in the in the region gets wave after wave of, of condemnation while mm-hmm. people like Cuba and North Korea sit on the fucking Human Rights Council in the UN. It's ludicrous. It, I saw that, yeah. And it definitely... Ludicrous. Like, the, 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 the idea of like, oh, oh, poor Palestine or poor Palestinians, that type of stuff, mm. that immediately like went almost like nationwide in the United States like so quickly. Like, Correct. I have friends... I have friends who I've that I've known since high school, right? So over 10, 15 years now, and none of them have ever really had any political conversations or anecdotes or anything about yep. anything. And the second this happens, I had a couple of them who were like, "Oh, we want to donate money to like Palestine or something like that." And God. I remember like I ch- I checked I, them. I was like <laughs> I was like, "Why?" I was like, "For one, that this 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 individual Why? friend that I'm talking about <laughs> And uh, and his wife, I was like, one, you guys aren't doing financially well. Why would you then donate your own money to a cause that like you're not going to be able to support yourself currently? But sure, it's your money. Do what you want to do with it, I guess. But I was like, just think about it. I was like, the money you're going to donate to help Palestinians is just going to go into the pocketbooks. You're funding Hamas. You're funding Hamas. Yeah, you're, you're just you're just funding Hamas with extra steps. That's all you're doing. I was like, if you actually. If you actually want to support the region, support the area, donate maybe to like the UN or um, not even some other type of organization. Go on vacation, spend tourist dollars in Sinai, right? There's ways you can donate money to organizations like the Red Cross, the UN or something Mm -hmm. else where at least you relatively know where your money is going to go and it's not going to go directly to Hamas within like a week. You know what I mean? And it's (laughs) straight to them. And it it gets – it gets to the point too, and I was talking to actually Brandon and I had this conversation just yesterday, or I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Yes. And we were talking about what is an act of war? What is that considered mm-hmm. like today? And right. I, it's interesting to me because you have like these um there's a group, these Houthi rebels in Yemen who apparently have access to missiles and drones and a whole bunch of weaponry who are backed by Iran. Right. Tehran. They decide Which is why they're on the chopping block. Yeah, they decide to launch missiles from Yemen's borders across the Middle East. They get intercepted and stuff by a U.S. destroyer. So thank God that, that was there and it did what it did. But like those were going for Israel. They were yep. going for that area. And it, like to me, when I read that, I was like, "How the hell is like Yemen not being carpet bombed immediately after this, or at least the?" 
um, the rebels, the Houthis or whatever. Nothing's happened yep. to them yet. Which is the question that. the Saudis ask constantly, right? So it, which, what's going to... just Which is just weird. And that's what's kind of like Brand and I were talking about is what is an actual declaration of war or an act of war or whatever? We have so many like century-long treaties and agreements and bylaws and all these stupid things that are like so twisted and handheld. At what point do we just decide, you know what? Enough is enough. You're clearly being an aggressor, and we're done with that, and we're just going to retaliate effectively. See, well, you just you just got into the mind of an Israeli. Well done. All this crap <laughs> means nothing, really. But like, I I I I find, you know, my former fellow New Yorkers of the Upper West Side or the Upper Left Side, as I call them, like if New Jersey shot two missiles at New York, you'd be asking for it to be nuked. There's an Iron Dome that, that – this okay, so they shot thousands of missiles since October 7th, but they've been shooting hundreds a month for mm-hmm. months, for right. years. Like, can you imagine New Yorkers accepting another yeah. – and, like, metal falling out of the sky every day and just accepting it? It's mm-hmm. insanity. So the only – and there are so few pluses here, and um, – I, I I I just wish you know uh, there is no end to this. This is human nature. There is no end to this. I was standing in front of the World War One Memorial, in front of the um, King's House Cavalry in London a few days ago, uh, and then it was added to. They added you know World War Two to it, um, and there's nothing new. Yeah, as you said earlier, every, everyone says world to end or wars that lasted what twenty years. Um, this is this is a this particular fight is the one and this is kind of the definition of war that there is there is no mediation here there is no let's find the peace process no first off one side never wanted a peace process when this ends there will be no more of this crap there will be no gaza strip there'll be no west bank there'll be israel period that's it only country on the planet, for all, for all you kids out there who've had your idiot professors whine to you about the pre-1967 borders as if Israel was the aggressor and went out and tried to take territory. No, no, no. Six countries lined up against Israel, attacked to destroy them, to kill every war, Jew. Right? Yeah. Right, exactly. And during that war, the Israeli army outnumbered, outgunned, taken by surprise, turned it around, not only pushed the armies back, but took away their territory, right? So how good is that? The school bully comes up and tries to take your lunch money and is surprised to find out that you've been doing competitive karate since you were four. You beat his (laughs) ass and you take his lunch money. And then he goes and cries to the principal that he wants his lunch money back. No. You attacked us. We took your land. Bite me. And, and the fact that we gave any of it back, I have to say we, because sadly this is where I now line up. The fact that it was given back to the aggressors during Jimmy Carter, that Jew hater, during all of these different ideas of we're going to swap land for peace. You have a group of people that don't want peace. They don't want to help their, their own citizens. They're nihilistic death cultists that, that are obsessed with killing Jews. That's it. That's all they want to do. And if they manage to 
kill all the Jews in the land of Israel, would they be smart enough to then take the infrastructure that's there and build a flourishing economy? No, they, the savages would destroy it again and be back to living in the Stone Age. So this war ends with Hamas gone, Hezbollah gone, Lebanon free, Iran free, or Israel gone. There, there, is, no, there is no middle option. There is no middle option. And the Iranians are, are cognizant of this, and they might be thinking, whoops, I screwed up, because no matter how close they are, the Israelis are the only ones with a nuke. And if, if it gets that bad, they're going to take out Iran. Why wouldn't you? Right? Why wouldn't yeah. you at this point? So you feel like Israel would would nuke Iran like that. Yeah, it would like turn it down to like the last hundred yards of Israeli territory, and they were mm-hmm. going to lose. The hell they would. Why wouldn't you? Why, why not? See, that's what I was. Because nukes make things tricky. You kind of have with nukes, even if you're the other country doesn't quite have them. You still kind of have to. At some point, there does need to be like I feel like there does need to be a uh, a point of okay. Let's meet at some table. Now, I'm not saying you meet 50-50. It could be 99-1. Oh, yeah. But, like, there needs to be a point to where – because nukes make things really tricky. And Iran might not have nukes now, um, or they might not have the ability to launch nukes. Who knows they will, if they potentially have I, 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 a I this a, somewhere. I see this but as like, a point zero. Just to be clear, I see this as a point zero 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 one percentage. Israel yeah. is going to prevail in this war. This is going to end. I but don't I'm, know what combination of the Iranian people rising up finally, as they tried to do under when Obama did. was president. And instead of offering words of encouragement, he bowed down to his his masters in the Middle East and said, "No, no, no, no." Well, you know, we'll use some whatever his wishy washy crap was. Um, so you know, th- those people are, are ready. They're tired of these weird old men whose main sport seems to be shooting pretty girls who show an inch of hair in public. Like they're they're enough of this. It's ridiculous. So what I was getting at there though, before we get a little too too off of it, is even though Iran doesn't have like the keep like if they do or do not have a nuclear payload somewhere, I don't know. But they, no, they clearly don't. currently do not have the ability to launch it anywhere. Okay. But they have allies who do. And that's where it's kind of getting to like, even if Israel, I'm not saying like Israel needs to be the one to launch the nukes and then it goes all end all be all. But what if Iran gets to the, you know, hey, like we're at our last 100 yards. They could, they could drive a dirty bomb into the middle of, into the middle of Israel. They could put it in, they could put it in Ukraine. They can put one like there's so many things that nuclear warfare doesn't need to be an actual like you know top like actual missile icbm coming across blowing you up it could be something as small as like you could make a nuke the size of this phone you could take out you could take out a city you could take out a couple blocks it's still nuclear warfare it's still horrible it's still catastrophic and that's where like i'm not saying that israel doesn't have the right here to defend itself and to be more aggressive and to kick back the bullies, right? Take their lunch money and make them run off to the principal mm. and, and hope they get something that way, okay? And die in the way. But there, there, there needs to be a point where I think Israel could be like, I've pushed you back enough. This is your new line. You can't cross it anymore. No, because this ends with Hamas gone. There's, there's, there's no line. Many, and there's too many um, 
variables or other nations that if they start getting involved, like it, you said it's day one of World War Three. Well, they are going to get involved. Albert Einstein they are going to get involved. He doesn't know yeah. what weapons World War Three will be fought with, but he knows World War Four will be fought with sticks, sticks and stones. And stones. Right. Yeah. So maybe, it's maybe, like, maybe it's time for the Great Reset, and Klaus Schwab doesn't know what it means. Uh, I, I think the, the, the horror is there is an, an inevitability to events that I'm afraid as we get to each juncture, each nation is going to make almost a predictable pre-planned response. I, you know, I, I read Churchill's Second World War three times in the last 30 years. It's a slog, but it's worth it. And the sense that I took from that was that even if you're kind of playing what if with history, at each juncture, there was almost no other answer. There was, there was, everyone made a decision that, yeah, in theory, it was like, what if, you know, we hadn't done this? I, it really, it's going to just happen. And some people are going to feel pulled in by treaty, by obligation. You've got the president of Turkey, Erdogan, who doesn't seem to understand what it means to be a member of NATO because he just threatened to attack Israel. Right. So that's an odd thing for a member of NATO to say. Um, I, I just really am afraid that what the Israelis need to do and what they need to do for years, but no other country, no other country is ever asked to put up with this level of daily violence, harassment, calls for its annihilation. No other country in the world is asked for this. And the Israelis have put up with it. They've tried the hardest to kind of work within the diplomatic uh, boundaries that the allies have given them. <clears throat> but at the end, after this, after this event, with psycho murdering lunatics paragliding into a music festival, beating, raping, and carrying girls through the streets and leaving them for dead, there is no other option. There is there is no other option. Hamas will be eradicated. And when people are whining about the Gazans, sorry, Hamas did this to you. Hamas did this to you. And we have to pound that home because I'm so emphatic about this, because their side has had this propaganda machine whipped up and ready to go. Right? You're seeing it. You're seeing it. College campuses, these aren't spontaneous. This is not spontaneous. Coordinated. All coordinated. And so the enemy um, knows exactly what they want. They're focused on it. And for those of us who understand and see clearly, it is morally incumbent upon us to speak up and say it clearly and name the devil we see. I, I want to talk about what you said before about um, the, the turning point and reaching that point of no return on this like end game, like you're saying. Because it reminds me a lot of, well, recently, I would say even the past 10 years remind me a lot of the um, like ethnocentrism that took place in like post-industrial revolution near Europe that led to a lot of what ended mm -hmm. up being Gavrilo Princip shooting Franz Ferdinand and mm -hmm. kicking off World War I. Pretty um, much. Right. So <laughs> after that happened, the Austro-Hungarian Empire basically sent a list of demands 
and said, you know, you must meet these and they're impossible, knowing full well that it's an impossible list of demands to meet, right? Mm -hmm. Kicking off uh, all these other countries backing backing one another. You had Germany essentially demanding the keys to all the French forts along the border between France and Germany, like Mm -hmm. France was ever going to agree to that, right? Right. And saying, oh, well, if you give us the keys to your forts, we'll basically consider you a neutral party and we'll be good to go. Well, that's, that's stupid and never going to happen, right? And so you reach the point, that point where he pulls a gun out in Sarajevo and kills him and his wife in that car. That's the turning point. There's the no point of return, right? I think that in a lot of ways, this on October 7th was a moment like that where yep. it's just kicking off and domino affecting all these other things that are going to take place that eventually will wind up in what we will call officially, you know, World War III. Um, but I do want to talk about, because I know that there's a lot of people very confused and you've done a really good job highlighting that. Um, but I want to talk and give people an accurate depiction of the history here and how um, the idea of, of an Israel came to be. And, you know, we can start, there's a, there's a, there's a couple points you can start with. Um, one of the ones I, where I'd like to start is with, um, you know, European Zionists. And that's something that I, that needs to be understood is that the Zionist movement started in Europe. And it started with anti-Semitism coming from European Christians. And this is this is not something like I said earlier, this is not a religious thing um, between the Muslims and, and the Jews. When when European Zionists petitioned the Ottoman Empire and wrote and asked for a for a piece of land for European Jews to move to feel safe, they they appealed to them and called them Brother Ishmael. Yeah. And that is that is a a hearken to the relationship that all Judeo Christian you know religions do have with one another, but also is a unifying banner of these two religions against the you know Christianity and at the time um, the empirical ways of, of Europe, right? And there's a really good point in and there's a movie actually that came out a couple of years ago. I want to say it's called An Officer and a Spy. Um, and it is essentially about a French officer who was accused of passing off. It is um, it is about Alfred Dreyfus. Are you familiar with Alfred Dreyfus? Oh, uh, of course. Lafayette Dreyfus. That's right. And um, Zach and everybody else, if, if you're not listening, essentially this French captain was accused of passing um, information to the Germans. And this is 20 years off the heels of the Franco-Prussian War, uh, you know, and then maybe 15 years from the kickoff of World War One, So still very, very heated times. And he was innocent and multiple times was was proven to be innocent. And um, obviously, I think anybody listening can guess by his last name of Dreyfus so that he was a Jew. And this is exactly the reason why he was persecuted and the reason why he was sent to jail on what was called Devil's Island. And I bring that story up to say that that essentially became at the time a rallying cry for a lot of the political Zionists out there to say it's time to move. It's time to get a spot of our own. It's time to have a place, uh, you know, that we could call you know, a home for, for Jewish people free of that persecution. Right. So yep. um, just laying some pretty superficial historical context here. And you may be able to expand on it a little better, Christopher. Sure. Um, but, you know. No, you, you did a very good job. I mean, that's that was the, the general idea. One of the biggest tensions between um, uh, Zionist Jewry and and kind of more Orthodox. Um, you even see it today with the insane 
picture of a, a very of a few very kind of I would call them nuts, but they you know ultra orthodox Jewish sects who mm-hmm. um, the Iranian president always makes a point of visiting when he comes mm-hmm. to New York to the UN to highlight for the cameras back home that not all Jews are Zionists and in fact um, very very religious or the way they would you know the Haredim the way they would look at it today is um, they in fact believed and believed back then that um, the Jews should not go back to Israel because they were not they were not supposed to go until Moshiach came. Right? They, 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 the, the idea of the Messiah coming is is core, um, or you know, one of the tenets of Judaism. Um, and it's always a fascinating conversation, having known very well all three of the Abrahamic faiths um, uh, fairly in depth. It's always fun, and I do find this part fun, as I especially have conversations with. Um, Christian friends, a lot of evangelicals who, you know, they're very, very curious, like, well, why don't the Jews believe that, that, that Jesus um, was God, right? Why, why, why don't they believe that? Um, you know, going back to the very early church, mm-hmm. um, there's the, 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 the Petrus uh, sect believed that, in fact, um, uh, Christianity was not for anyone else. It was for the Jews. It was coming to perfect Jewish law, Jewish practice, Jesus was a Jew. The idea that the Greeks and therefore everyone else in the world could become Christians was an idea of Paul the Apostle. And it was they argued vehemently. This was not for the this is not for the Greeks. This is for the circumcised. This is for the Jews. This is part of the covenant. This is nothing new. Of course that turned out to be different historically, right? The the um, let's convert everyone argument won. Um but the 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 I think the most interesting thing that 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 has come out of those conversations is um, to the to the Jewish mind the reason Jesus was not uh, the Messiah. Much like if you go around Brooklyn today, you'll see pictures of Rabbi Schneerson, um, uh, the, the the recently deceased head of, of the Lubavitcher sect of Chassidus. There are there are many who they they say he's he's Moshiach. They they believe that he was the Messiah. Right, but the argument usually is um, Jesus wasn't Moshiach, Rabbi Schneerson was not Moshiach, because it would be so blindingly obvious that he was. It wouldn't be a matter of belief. It, 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 would, it would not be a debate. You know, it would be like someone's asking you to look at a cup of water and say, this is the Atlantic Ocean. You're like, nah, I think I know the ocean when I see it. Right? It wouldn't mm-hmm. be a matter of faith. And of course, that's a very, very big theological conversation. Right? In faith lies right. strength and all that. We're not going to have that discussion, but um, that's usually that is a the usual basic kind of distinction that mm-hmm. that is made. So there were a bunch of people that thought, well, we shouldn't be going back to Zion because that is has been told to us that we will we will return when uh, when the Messiah is here and 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 the world will be ruled intelligently. Um, and that old thing and tied into that is part of what is often misunderstood is this whole idea of the chosen people. Um, that's not a that's not a qualitative characteristic like you're chosen, you're better. In fact, it's somewhat of a bit of a pain in the ass because all of humanity has to abide by the Ten Commandments, right? The Muslims will tell you that, Christians will tell you that, Jews will tell you that. Um, but everyone on earth has got the Ten Commandments to live by. But the colossally irritating part about being Jew is that we've got 613 commandments. So 
that's a lot more than 10 and it's a lot more irritating and it's a lot more detail oriented right so somewhat facetious um but be, there's a little little bit of kind of the intellectual background as to yes things are bad here we 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 we're going to find a way to get out of here go back to israel because now modern transportation has changed such that this is actually a practical thing the last time people you know left europe in a large amount to go to the holy land was the crusades and that was because it was an expensive expensive undertaking it was sponsored by kings and popes um it was dangerous to travel in those days but by the you know 1850s or so there are trains there are steamships like there are ways to get there that are not by the standards today easy but insanely easy by the standards of all of prior human history so you've got the ability to get there um speed more speed of communication so you actually know what's going on in places uh and there's still a lot of jews i mean still you know one of the, the jokes about all jewish holidays is they tried to kill us they failed let's eat <laughs> that's basically every every holiday that's it yeah. right there right. so in that context people are saying in combination with the fact that the messiah hasn't come this is life. This is life of the shtetl. This is it, right? We 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 live by the book. We have itinerant skills. The peasants hate us because the lords used us as tax collectors for five hundred years, right? So there's a long animus among the European peasantry uh, for the Jewish uh, professional class. So there's an argument. Well, I think you bring up that. a really interesting point right there in that last bit, and you talk about the roots of anti-Semitism. It absolutely comes from uh, tax collection and banks. Um, banks obviously for a long time have not been a popular idea. There's still not <laughs> a popular idea with a lot of people. Yep. Um, a lot of people feel very uncomfortable with the idea of massing wealth somewhere else. And you can't even go to a bank today and get money out. Most of the time, there's not a, there's not a, a, a safe with millions of dollars back there. But anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> the idea of banks and tax collection, obviously being in that role as, as you know, Jewish people being put in that, that role eventually banks came to prominence and they came into a position of power. And you had these positions like tax collector and banker that were undesirable positions that eventually became those positions where there was yielded power, there was amassed wealth, there was um, prosperity in those positions. And so that sort of hate that came from, you know, oh, you're just a tax collector or you're, you're a banker, all these things, you don't want anything to do with them. And then you watch them become successful. These are the roots and part of that root yep, system, that if, I, if I could use that that term of anti-Semitism. Um, and you can Google, you know, and this is this is obviously going into some of the dark corners of the Internet. Um, <laughs> the Don't Roth, go with that Rothschild, friend, people. Sh sure, the Rothschild <laughs> family, right? Um, obviously, you go and Google Rothschild and conspiracy, you're going to get a lot of, oh, a lot of different things, right? But, Ooh. you know, the Rothschilds funded the British in their war against Napoleon. Right. They go back a long time. And you know, that is where they made their money is, is in banking. You know, and so sure. that's where a lot of that hate comes from for them. And, you know, I bring up some of the other crazy conspiracy theories around them as well. Just, you know, the way they they exist in those, those corners of the Internet. But, um, <laughs> you know, you, you bring that up. I think it's an excellent point because. I do. One of the points of this this episode is I want people to understand the actual the actual history there and and yeah. where some of this this begins. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of sad when you think about it because a lot of this just comes from 
being su- successful and getting out of out of these positions where you know you're not at the bottom of the food chain, even though people want to see you there. This is getting away from Russian and European pogroms, you know, and and seeing people butchered in the streets doing these things. And if you don't know what that is, and you're listening, like um, maybe we can have a conversation about what a pogrom is. It's literally a hunt for Jews. You brought up yep. Crystal Knocked earlier. That's a, it's a fancy, another fancy way of calling it calling it a pogrom. Yeah, that right? was it's a, a been, specific one in Germany when the night of the broken one. glass, Crystal Knocked. Yeah, but uh, right. the Cossacks were famous for for their pogroming. Cossacks, uh, that's right. They, they were paid by you know, their warriors, warriors of the steppe on on, on horseback, and their mercenaries. And the Tsar mm-hmm. used them to uh, attack many people uh, he didn't right. like, but uh, the Jews were a favorite target. Um, if you ever heard the the phrase "beyond the pale," uh, if anyone out mm-hmm. there has heard that phrase, the pale was actually the pale of settlement in Eastern Europe, um, beyond which the Jews were allowed to live. So. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, the way we use the the, the uh, phrase across the tracks, the wrong side of the tracks now. Mm-hmm. But it was a defined area, like you had to live within mm-hmm. the pale. Um, okay. So there's there's a lot to, to the, you, you, the, the 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 complex discussion about who was drawn to Zionism, how it got momentum, certainly after World War II. But by the end of World War II, for sure, Anyone and people who could get out tried to get out, obviously, uh, of Germany mm-hmm. before that happened. Um, but by, by the 40s, there were a lot of Jews uh, moving to Eretz uh, Israel. They were moving back to to, to the land of Israel. Um, mm-hmm. And it's important to remember that it was always this hard scrabble backwater of the Ottoman Empire. Right? It, w- it was nothing particularly important. You know, a lot of the land had been denuded years before. You've heard of the cedars of Lebanon. Just mm-hmm. because there were massive cedar forests in Lebanon, they made the ships of Tyre and they made battleships out of. Um, similarly in Sicily, if you look at Sicily, it is a rocky, barren landscape. It was heavily forested 3,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time the Jews got to uh, you know, got their way out of Europe, made their way to uh, back to Israel, um, it had been a backwater for centuries. Or this again, we said at the beginning of this, this fantasy, oh, they've been fighting for thousands of years. No, they haven't. There's no they, mm-hmm. they haven't been fighting. There was nobody right. there very much. There were there were a bunch of people who were a range of folks from around the Ottoman Empire, much like in the US today. You could wander into a you know, steel suburb outside of Detroit, mm-hmm. and you've got Germans and Poles and, and you know, millions of different types of people who all just happened to be there at the time. Um which is why, you know, I use the pejorative term fake Estenian only because they've been so obnoxious and wanting to kill every Jew on the planet there. Mm-hmm. In large measure, of course, the Palestinians exist the way Americans exist, right? We call mm-hmm. ourselves Americans. There's no there's no tribe called American 3,000 mm-hmm. years ago, but now we are. But the main thing for everyone to remember, if you take away anything from this show, you go check it historically. Don't take my word for it. Every war, starting in 1948, after the partition, after Israel been declared a state, um, every war the Israelis have fought has been instigated by their enemies. They have never started a war, right? So the liberals throw around this nonsense, but it's an occupation, it's apartheid, and they're colonialists. No, none of that is true. Um, George Gilder wrote this beautiful book called The Israel Test. Which which everybody should read, um, and a lot of people are kind of baffled. Right, we said at the beginning of this, <clears throat> there are 
horrible things happening around the world all day long, whether in Azerbaijan, whether in Armenia, whether in Rwanda, whether in you know, uh, uh, multiple places throughout Asia, many of them involving Muslims, right? When the whole call of like the Islamic Ummah is what matters and therefore Muslims get very angry about Palestine. No one gives a shit about Palestine in, in any particular way, any more than anywhere else. This has nothing to do with the Palestinians, everything to do with hating Jews. And the 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 the, the, the fervent kind of connectedness between traditional Westerners who hate Jews to their core, which is just who they are. Um, and, and this is an experience that unless you're Jewish, you just can't have. You never know if you're shaking someone's hand, you're beating them, if this is the prick that would gladly shove you in an oven. All right? You, you don't know it. And, and of course, not even that extreme. I remember when I was living in Sydney, you know, studying business school, um, there's kind of a drinks mixer. Never forget this, 2004. Drinks mixer, the Randwick, the Randwick Arms is a pub. And there's a guy there who's married to one of the students. This guy, Ian, he's Canadian. I just meet this guy. Now, my name is Christopher. Mm -hmm. so most, most people don't automatically think I'm Jewish, right? Mm -hmm. So I've just meet this guy. I don't know him. I've never met him before. But we're chatting, and he's from Canada. I'm from, I'm from New York. He says, oh, got to watch out for those New York Jews. Who says shit? Wrong like thing that? to say. But I mean, what kind of asshole says stuff like this? It's yeah. like Ian, if you're listening out there, Wendy, tell your husband he's an asshole. Um, but like, it was so, it was so jarring. What'd like, you say? I just looked at him. I was like, "Fuck you!" And I walked away. It was bizarre. It was absolutely bizarre. Um, but you never know if you get a run to that. Um, and then, which is just absolutely insane. So, like, there's there's the guy's perfect example. He would nice. rattle off. He was a bar owner in like Ontario. He had he had all kinds of opinions about Israel. Did he have any kinds of opinions about Myanmar at the time, where the Burmese junta was actually brutalizing its own people? No, he had no particular concerns about that. He didn't care about Israel. He didn't care about geopolitics. He didn't care about justice. He was a Jew hater. And I don't say anti-Semitism because the Arabs are Semites too. I speak very specific. Hmm. Semitic peoples include the Arabs. So it's not anti-Semitism, it's, it's Jew hatred. I want to be real crystal clear about that. So the traditional Westerner, for whatever reason, like Mel Gibson, you know, Der Führer, for whatever reason, his insane father hated Jews and told Mel that every problem in the world, including his, was due to the Jews owning the banks and controlling things. Not that he was an alcoholic Aussie loser who failed. No, 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 Mel's father, that was not his fault. It was the Jews drilled it into him, which came out when Mel was caught drunk on a highway, right? Um, I just want to say, too, what you just said there about Jews and banks, right? And I'm going to uh, bring up something I heard today from another podcast, uh, Drinking Bros podcast. Shout out, Dan <laughs> Holloway. Shout out. Um, and I'm just going to recap what he said. But essentially, he said, you are the next level of, of moron if you think that every problem in the world boils down to one group of people and that those people <laughs> just happen to be Jews. That right. if that if every problem, that every bank, every global issue, every war, everything is started by just one group of people, even if it's not Jews, right? Just pick right. one group of people. Anybody, in general, yeah. Just some yeah. evil global cabal of fuckwits. If you think that every <laughs> global problem is boiled down to one group of people, you are a he's, he uses the word smooth-brained moron. <laughs> it's true. I love and, it. 
It is. It's just. It is the stupidest and most lazy way to think that every oh. issue in the world is boiled down to one group of people, and just by happenstance, it just so happens to be the Jews more often than not. And I just want to get that out there. I share that opinion. That's mm-hmm. true. That's so stupid it's, to think that insanity. one group of people yeah. on Earth is the one causing problems. As if, as if you know, Jews have always existed in perpetuity, and because they haven't, right? And that conflict, and there's there's a line from a book called Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy where he says, war mm-hmm. has been waiting for man since he crawled out of the primordial soup. And that's just the way of things. And it is. A conflict yeah. and violence and all of this has been there. And so to assume that just forever and all the problems now are one group of people is stupid. It is. It's, it's moronic. Couldn't put it better. I encountered <laughs> the I, I I have a heart, of course. Then I like to tell the joke, you know, you know. But I, I'm not. If, if if you're nice to me, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you run some of my my time on the space laser this year. So, Jewish space lasers, man. Oh, I love that. The, the day I heard, why that, aren't they using that was, them on the Iron Dome? I want to know. That's a serious question. Well, because we're too we're too busy d- disrupting crop patterns to make uh, Farrakhan's followers poor. Oh, okay, yeah, you're a big problem. The day Thank that you. I watched a member of the D.C. City Council speak about the Jews and their space laser distorting crops for profit as if mm-hmm. he were talking about traffic. I was like, this is why the world is so insane. Like Louis Farrakhan, that Calypso singing racist maniac in Chicago who helped mm-hmm. kill Malcolm X. Once Malcolm found out that the nation of Islam is not a real thing. Uh, it's not Islam. It's insanity. Um, that's probably going to put a target on my back, but bite me Louis. Um, uh, th- th- I mean, they brainwashes oh they he, he listens obsessively to jews so he can then talk about why they don't like mm. him so okay in fact he loves he loves it when we use his up. name um exactly but that's when, what this when is I heard about that, clicks like it's all about clicks hi lewis <laughs> yeah please send me off um space laser hashtag um <laughs> absolute madness right but i, I always remember g gordon g gordon liddy said it perfectly or right? whenever someone talks to me about a conspiracy theory because i found out that in fact with this among this bunch of smooth brains on the internet, some of whom write fairly well, which is terrifying. I was reading this woman's essay on Substack. Grammarly. I'm not going to give her. I'm not going to give her any any credit, any any you know uh, uh, advertising. But I'm reading this thing, and you get the sneaky suspicion that this is beginning to make no sense. So she's going on and on about the black nobility. So the good news is the Jews, much like the tax collectors in the 15th century are just being used once again. So the whole world thinks that the Jews are in charge, but it's really the black nobility. And I'm wondering if they're African. Now, this is just what? the name of them. They're they're, they're They come out of Venice, which I find fascinating. The luxurious tourist trap on, on, on the lagoon. Templars? Apparently Templars, right. but, but more powerful because they hid and they stayed and they're <laughs> super here. Templars, right? Super Templars. Exactly, super te- Uber Templars. Um, perfect but, German perfect. Word. The Uber man, right? The Uber Templar. Yeah. But yeah. so the black nobility pulling all the pulling all the strings, and Clash Schwab is, is is one of their puppets. Yeah, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy. And um, my questioning, as I, the the trick is to engage with them before they find they find out that you know they're insane and they click off because clearly in their own twisted brain. You've been co-opted and fooled, and or or you're a bootlicking servant of the black nobility, right? So there's all it's just conspiracy theories are great because there's there's self-contained logic you can't get out of them. Because my question has always been, 
having been in on Wall Street and been in sales for a long time, your hit rate on when you approach someone who's qualified to be part of your organization is maybe three or four percent. So my question is, throughout hundreds of years, you're telling me everyone who's been approached to become part of the black nobility uh, either says yes, and now they're part of the cabal, so they're not going to tell anybody, or they kept you're approaching them to be in the club secret. Like that's that's your logic. Like no one else, no one else talks logic. about it. You found it right, but like it's so craziness. But we're getting far, very sidetracked. The thing I wanted everyone to remember is from '48 to '67 down to today, down to October seventh, two thousand twenty-three. Every war Israel has fought has been a defensive war by people who want to wipe them off the face of the planet. The Romans tried, the Babylonians tried, the Egyptians tried, many people have tried, and most of them are on the trash heap of history. It doesn't make it comfortable now. It doesn't make the outcome a foregone conclusion. But you've got these evil Hamas pricks who burrowed into the the superstructure and the tunnels below Gaza like ticks or mole rats, or you pick what you want, right? The U.S. taxpayer, you need to understand, you've been paying through the nose for decades to the to the United Nations permanent relief whatever crap whatever you know the, the 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 insanity is on a purely numerical basis my understanding today and I work in the region um today's you know populations of the UAE of Qatar of Saudi Arabia like the young people they don't predominantly they don't care about this nonsense right these are grandpa's fights don't care. It's ridiculous. Most of them have been to school in the states where they played volleyball together, right? Like with his, with Jews. Like th- this is not a thing anymore. Hence the Abraham Accords. Hence there's a direct flight between Tel Aviv and 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 and, and Abu Dhabi, right? Um, I'm not even going to go off with a tangent on the fact that Donald Trump is the only president since 1930 that has never put fresh boots on the ground anywhere else in the world. Uh, and, and Democrats love starting wars. They're bad at finishing them, but uh, you know, we had the Abraham Accords and moved the embassy to Jerusalem under Trump, which the Democrats screamed, oh, my God, he blocked the streets. Yeah, no one cared. Who cares? Right. Great. Put it there. Um, and now we've got an explosive situation in World War Three started. I will give Biden this at least. There are two carrier groups standing off, off, off the coast. And he actually said on live TV, hopefully it doesn't back you know, back off in this, he said to the mullahs in Iran, if you get involved in this, we're coming for you. Like, we're not pretending this crap anymore. We don't believe it's, it's the Biden oh. on October 10th or 11th or so. It was like to Iran, if you if you yeah. get involved, we're not going to be sending our proxies to fight your proxy. We're coming for you. Like, enough of this. The, the, the gloves are off. The, the fantasy is they, gone. That you goes did back this. to what I was saying earlier, though. Like, Hamas. Hamas is clearly like backed, it's funded, fun. supported, and like instructed by, and by instructed. Iran. No one cares that. Yes. No one cares about that. They're state funded yeah. terrorist organizations. Yes. No one Periods. cares. No one cares. Well, it, look, that's look, what this is annoying. Right. do need was, to shout it to the rooftops so it can get through. I was surprised you said Biden said that because, like, yeah. it's because I was blown like, away. Look, I was proud of him. I bet the next day Hamas launched a missile why doesn't biden then go well that missile probably came from iran so iran you got well, involved right well, like, the, the, the line the line he drew was 
if revolutionary guards get involved, right? If you oh, push so it all up, like Iran, Iran. Well, can't I'm, not, Iran, I'm not, I'm not going to parse the speech. The idea was yeah, yeah. if you actually Flag physically get shoulder. involved, right? So, and we could choose to call, we could choose to call whatever provocation we want Iranian involved. That's that's a positive. I hope he follows through. Um, the funny thing where, I want to just real quick are. about all this, I want to say is that you go and talk to the majority of young people, and I have had these conversations with young people, specifically young airmen, is they seem to think all countries are made the same. And right. I, I say that because, you know, you can, the United States has, has problems. UK has problems. Germany has problems, right? Any first world country you talk about has problems. Yep. But to pretend like countries like Syria or Iran are the, on the same sort of you know egalitarian, humanitarian, whatever word you want to say, whatever Aryan word you want to say yeah. out there, that yeah. same level is kind of funny. It's it's just not, and not everything is the same across the board. You know, some countries genuinely do exist to promote terrorism, and yeah. you know, just so happens to be that Iran is one of those countries, and. I, I'd also is slightly humorous to me when people say, that, you know, the United States is this mass terrorist organization as well. Yeah, um, right. It, you know, believe <laughs> me, I know that we're not perfect and we've done and lied about a lot of things and we absolutely have. And, you know, but to pretend like we're the same as, as groups committing genocide or promoting terrorist groups to go and commit genocide is, is pretty wild. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely right. And part of what people don't understand because they don't, the, the, the left in America deliberately destroyed education in this country. They created the Department of Education of Jimmy Carter. Reagan should have killed it. He didn't. And it's been one long downward slide from we don't teach history anymore. We don't teach geography anymore. We strip everything. We strip Civics. all the facts out. So we don't teach any of that. So the kids, have, they have no, no place to hang, hang information, right? So one of the great things, they talk about the, the wall between Gaza and Israel. Well, for those kids who are not old enough to remember, for a long time until that wall was built, the great thing about these wonderful, you know, freedom fighters of Hamas <laughs> uh, is that they would send women and children walking into Israeli pizza places and blowing it up. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the vest that they wore, the suicide vest, killed hundreds of people every year. Buses will blow up with people on them. And the Israelis said, enough. And they built a wall, which is mainly a, a fence a and fence. a gate, right? But it's, it's a mm -hmm. fence, right? But it never goes on and on about Gaza's a prison. Well, the, 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 the main characteristic of a prison is that you can't leave it, right? Well, at that border fence, up until October 7th of this year, right, any Palestinians, Gazans, anyone, could come through that fence into Israel, passing through basically a checkpoint the way you voluntarily go through to get on an airplane. Mm -hmm. So long as you don't have a gun and a grenade, get on the plane. So long as you don't have a gun and a grenade, please come into Israel, right? You know who couldn't go the other way? Not a single Jew could go back through that gate because if they went into Gaza, they'd be killed. So mm -hmm. who was really in prison? Who was being imprisoned by that wall, right? They bitch on right. and on about Gaza's a prison. Uh, but the same people who are chasing American Jews who have nothing to do with Israel around in college campuses and physically attacking them, I don't see them running around asking, are there any Egyptian kids here? There's a border from Gaza to Egypt. So I don't see any of these people chanting in the streets, wondering why 
the Egyptians are imprisoning the Gazans. Silence. Yeah, this isn't, that side's closed off entirely. Silence, right. So again, this has nothing to do with politics, nothing to do with Palestine. This has to do with hating Jews. And I'm going to finish that thought with why these people have, have come together so beautifully to hate their common enemy, right? So the Europeans have their own history as to why they can't stand the Jews. Um, and then in, in the leftists, so the Marxists that, you know, Karl Marx will go down history as one of the worst health, self-hating Jews on the planet. Um, to the leftists who all believe in Marxism, they all care about group identity. So it's group guilt, group responsibility. There's the individuality. They hate it. All this woke bullshit, all of this is about categorizing people into racial clarifications, classifications or into um, ethnic or economic classifications. They come up against Judaism, which is the root cause of individual responsibility. I refer you back to the Ten Commandments, right? Judaism is what gave the Abrahamic faiths the concept that each individual is guilty or innocent on his or her own. There is no other option, by the way. There are two, his and her, right? That's it. And so then the other point why they hate the Jews so badly is they epitomize the fact every Marxist, every leftist, they believe the economic pie is fixed and we're going to fight over how we cut it up which is insane if they even looked at their own experience living in America, right? We People create wealth all the time, create products out of nowhere. We are communicating on technologies that God did not create at the dawn of creation, right? It was made by man, built, and we use it now. And wealth is created out of it. So you've got a society that's focused on building wealth, creating something out of nothing, right? Nothing changed. There was no... I hear people bitch about the water being divvied up, you know, w between Israel and so-called Palestine. The exact same amount of rainfall and water is in Israel as it was in 1948. The Jews were smart enough to change the way they did agriculture. They were smart enough to build desalination plants. They were smart enough to do all of these things that retained water in a desert environment and made the desert bloom, right? But to the to the Palestinian mind or the Hamas mind or the leftist American mind, there's something unfair about that, that the Jews took that from someone. They didn't take it from anything. They built it. They created it out of nothing. And that fundamental clash is why the Hamas, again, to go back to the Gaza Strip, why Hamas demanded the people tear out the improvements the Jews had made, because in a very real sense, that threatens their entire sense of authority, that here's a society that is not oppressive, that is not throwing gays off rooftops, that is not demanding that women be covered up in public, and they're thriving and doing very well here, thank you very much. And that ongoing, never-ending hatred, the jealousy of the loser who doesn't do anything for himself and bitches about what someone else has, all that comes together on, on and leftists in America and the, the death cults in the Middle East. Um, and that's why... We're watching this resurgence of people chanting death to the Jews throughout America, out of nowhere, apparently. But it's been well, there. It's been simmering. Not out of nowhere, right. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that going on in the United States. How much of that do you think initially, at, at, or at least at its core, is just anti-American self-loathing, right? And this this sort of parasitic idea that's been going around for the past 20 years of 
being an American and hating who you are as an American, this sort of American self-hatred. And it just allows these ideas, like you said, like Jew hating to permeate on these, these campuses and academia. Like how much of that yeah. do you think really is just a, um, I don't know what you want to call it, an offshoot of, of American self-loathing. That's it's deliberate. Yeah. It's absolutely deliberate. Bill Ayers, you, you know who Bill is, right? I do, yeah. you, yep. do you remember? Right. So Bill Ayers, for those who don't know, a member of the Weather Underground, the Students mm-hmm. for Democratic yeah. Society, classically misnamed. Liberals like, oh, liberals always like to misname things. So Students yeah. for Democratic Society were communists who opposed the, the Vietnam War. Uh, and Bill was with uh, uh, Dorn, I forget her first name. Um, they were yeah. married. But both of them were members of the Weather Underground. They committed bombings. They probably killed people with those bombs across America. And the only reason Bill didn't go to jail is because his daddy was a very rich insurance executive in Chicago, and he got him out of jail, mm-hmm. which is sad for the rest of the country because Bill and, and uh, Dorn went on to uh, first breed. So their scumbag son, Chase Abudin, became the district attorney of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was so bad and so favored yeah. criminals that the leftists in San Francisco recalled this dirtbag. That's I remember you that. got to be a Marxist nutcase to have right. the city by the bay toss you out of office, right? So they spawned him, um, and then they went on to teach uh, education. But I got a delicious insight from a good friend of mine who actually grew up with Bill. They went to the same Tony uh, High School uh, mm-hmm. in Winneka, Illinois, outside of Chicago. Uh, and and he remembers Bill telling him that the that movement was going to was going to follow the model of the Jesuits, the Society of Jesus mm-hmm. in the Roman Catholic Church, who decided that the way to change the future is to change education. If you get right. the kids early enough and you train them in the way you want them to think, you will change society. And generations of leftists in America did that with the ample help of the stupidest policy this country ever had, which was to let you out of the Vietnam draft if you were in college, right? Mm-hmm. Why it was more valuable for you to, t- you know, you know, sit in a French poetry class than it was to kill commies and rice patties, I've got no idea, but that was a policy made. And what happened was we had rich kids, rich boys went off to college, and then they were there for four years. Not everyone did back then, right? So this was not a given as it is now. I went off to college, this war is still going. Jesus, daddy's got to pay for a master's degree. Two more years. What do you mean the war is still going? So now I am going to get a PhD because I can't, I don't want to go to Vietnam. So you've got this entire generation of men who actually never became men in a sociological sense because they never took on male responsibilities. They dodged adult responsibilities. Friends of theirs went to Vietnam, got blown up, came back, didn't get blown up, yeah. were affected. They stayed and became professors. And those leftist draft dodgers then deliberately, with Bill Ayers' crew, infected not only higher education, but then high school. They took over the Department of Education. They took over Columbia Teachers College. And they've been preaching this leftist crap ever since. And well, there's the, there's for those the idea that America won't be, won't be defeated from external means. It'll be defeated from within. And that's, that's, that's one of the things is that if you change the yep. minds over generations and you get the people to think that they're all victims and that they can't own anything because now everything's, or I, I rent, I, I stream this, I digitally own this, I rent this, I can't own a home, so I have to yep. live in this apartment. Like you, you convince an entire, like several generations that they don't have any wealth, they can't own anything, they have nothing to conserve, which Brandon and I have talked about. The conservatism mm-hmm. dies. 
and then yeah. they can just warp into whatever the heck they want. It's and you're always a whiny victim and a dependent. You're yeah. a victim, a, a, a dependent of mommy and daddy. Then you become a dependent of the state. You're exactly right. Yeah. So that was deliberate. This was not accidental. That was a deliberate <clears throat> Marxist approach to controlling the sheeple. Uh, and they've been phenomenal at it. And I would say the only good thing to come out of the, the Wuhan fake demic and all the lies, which they're still, they're still pushing. They're mm -hmm. still throwing you off YouTube if you say a mask doesn't work. Like, it's over. A, it's over. And B, we now know it doesn't. We always knew it didn't work, right? But, like, you will still get tossed off YouTube and banned for life if you make a video saying that masks don't work to prevent the Wuhan virus. It's bad. It's so the, the, the left right. are so focused on thought control. Like that's their whole goal. The whole goal of Leninism and Maoism was to make you say things that you know are untrue. To make you say crap you know is a lie because if you don't, they'll take away your food bowl. They'll take away your bread ticket. They'll take away your I've job. Had this, I've had this thought. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not one of my original thoughts. but I've, I've had this thought and I've brought this up to a lot of like my more left-leaning friends, family members, and stuff. And it's before you make any decision, before you come to a conclusion, before you really do anything, you should think, does this make me feel good or does this actually accomplish good? So something uh, can make you feel that's bad. A good, that's a good razor. <laughs> yeah, it can make you feel bad, but it overall is actually good for every for everyone involved. And yep. the left is pretty good at making everyone need to feel like they're doing something good rather than actually accomplish anything good. The virtue signal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, spot on. There was a, there was just a video out of, I think New York Harbor of these Nimrods who are clinging to the side of the ship because we're going to send guns over to kill Gazans. I mean, first off, what happened to the real men in the harbor? Why were there not fire hoses and, and billy clubs deployed instantly? Like you're not they allowed don't to feel good shipping. Yeah, but the people who want the ship to move are getting <laughs> are getting charged one hundred fifty thousand dollars an hour for not moving. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to send you the bill. <laughs> so, um, I I do really think, um, part of why I say uh, we're in World War Three and, and and the discussion I had at a, a dinner a few nights ago. Uh, with a bunch of European politicians and, and business leaders, all kind of focus on this problem. Right? We're going to be mining. We're going to be building, tooling up again. We're going to build more bullets. We're going to gear up again, right? Um, and a bunch of the Europeans were all saying, "Well, after World War II, first off, you know, Central Europe was decimated. The, the Americans kept bases here, like we kept the peace, uh, and we basically, be, you know, lost our martial ardor. We become pussies, basically." deliberately because we think that's a better idea and um, you know they're thinking they're still going to ride this out and i said well the problem with history is it is a funny way of coming for you right uh, in that someone from the customs and border patrol here in the u.s released some statistics which thank god he did a fine american that of the millions of people that have poured across the border southern border uh, under the biden administration eight hundred thousand of them are military-aged young men from the 20 countries on yeah. the terror watch list. They come to a country where it is easier to buy a gun than a car. So the home front is going to be here soon. And it's going to be coordinated. And it's going to come as a surprise like October 7th did. 
and get ready for gunfire erupting in Washington, New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, Los Angeles, simultaneously. Same thing in Europe. So you may think that you're sitting over here and it's happening in the Middle East and we're just have to deal with Ukraine. It's going to start. They've, they've come into Europe in the same way in the last six years. So this is about to turn into, uh, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. And those of us who are watching it coming, it's like watching a train coming and you're shouting to everyone who's sitting on the tracks, you know, eating a hot dog, watching a football game, like, dude, get up. There's a train coming and no one's listening. And I hope to God I'm wrong, either in whole or in part, but I don't see how I am. That's this my whole, The whole thing you were just talking about, about, you know, um, losing, losing your edge, right? Or America losing its edge. It makes me, it always makes me think of this scene from, uh, I like, I like making references to movies, but the Batman, I um, I do Batman movie, <laughs> um, where, where the first time Batman confronts Bane and Bane says to him, he says, uh, peace has cost you your strength. Victory has yep. defeated you. It, that line, even when I heard it, um, first I saw it, immediately made me think of the United States. And, and anybody that just capitulates and, and sits on their laurels. And I just want to say this to – there's a couple of things I want to say. And I'll go back to a couple of things that we talked about before. But that if, if we're not willing to be the top dog in the world, the history has shown that somebody is very, very willing to move into that spot at any price. And, and the world that is, you know, it, especially these young Americans that are going to school right now, you enjoy that freedom to go on campus and, and follow Jewish students around with signs and shove them on the ground. You enjoy that, that I, I, I you know, almost am afraid to call it freedom. You know, you enjoy that because you live here and the decades and decades of history and, and American dominance has put you in that position to go do that. You could not go do that in China or Iran. Ask the girls that were shot and murdered not even that long ago in Iran for going and yep. protesting, right? So yep. I, I just find that really interesting. It's almost like they think that by this American self-loathing, this American nihilism that I like talking about all the time, I, is, is, I is I, it... I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I, I would just interrupt to say that that's not uniform, right? Because I'm seeing what's mm-hmm. happened in New York and Boston. Here in Florida, Ron DeSantis came out and said, uh, first off, there are a couple of organizations that are tied to Palestinian terrorist organizations, fundraisers that are now illegal mm-hmm. in Florida. Then anyone that's protesting, too. oh yeah, and then anyone that's protesting, uh, your freedom of speech is here, but if, there's a long list of things, starting with from the river to the sea. That's just, mm-hmm. You're calling for murder? That's not allowed. We will arrest you instantly. So mm-hmm. there were a couple of protests at uh, University of Central Florida recently where they, I think they were outnumbered by cops. Mm-hmm. They were handed a list of things that you're allowed to say. And at the end, like basically all they all they could say was free Palestine repeatedly. And then, they, and then of course, that wasn't very exciting. And they walked off. You know, so in New York and Boston where they're allowed this, you try that shit in Florida, you get a bullet in your head. You're not allowed to attack people here. You're not allowed to do that in Florida. So come give it a try. But you'll you notice state by state, there's massive variability in what these people do, much like they did during the BLM Summer of Love, right? They, well, they, they yell at people in restaurants too, but it's because they can. If you yeah. if if well, you saw those videos of people running up to you know families having lunch outside in Washington D.C. and screaming in their faces, you did that in Florida, you'd end up dead on the ground, and no one would care. 
You wouldn't be charged for that. The police would take them away because why were these people screaming in your five-year-old's face? That's, that's aggression. That's assault. You'll be dead. And so other states are going to gradually become like Florida and Texas, and these assholes are going to be put back in their place. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm glad to see states stepping up and just pushing back against that narrative for sure. Um, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that there's there's a lot of people, especially young people, that enjoy the freedoms they have because of what the United States has done repeatedly for decades. And unfortunately, yep. we've been bogged down in a war for 20 years and lost a lot of our, our edge and, and some of the decisions we've made. And And if you want to be that naive to think that we can just step down and that we're all just going to exist on this line of equality where it's you know, multipolar, you know, United States, Russia and China all exist and we live on the same line. You know, that's sort of super naive way of thinking, which I have heard and do hear from, again, a lot Mm -hmm. of young people and some older people too. That's dangerous and scary. Somebody is always willing to fill that power gap and they will always try. And that's fact. And if you want to protest there are, I mean, and and I'm all for protest, right? You should have the right to say, to, to go protest without calling for, for genocide, right? Without calling. Please for, like tell, you said, tell us right? who you are. We want right. to know. Let us know well, where sure. you sit. Right. And, and, <laughs> and that's the whole point of, of America is you're allowed to have an opinion, right? There are things worth protesting. We talked about before you brought up Vietnam. There's some big lies about Vietnam that got us into that conflict. There's a lot of yep. French colonialism. We don't talk about that pulled us into Vietnam. You want to talk about Iraq. You want to talk about Afghanistan. Some of those lies that pulled us into those 20 for 20 years and, and ruined things that have been going on that, you know, America should have been worried about. Go protest yep. those things. Go protest corrupt politicians. Go protest the liars. Go protest the people that just want to see a war machine all the time. You know, go protest those things. It's it's just wild to me that, again, like I said, Americans are so willing to fall into this trap of being told what to get enraged about. And we do when there's all yep. these things out there that are worth your time to push back against instead of standing Amen. in the middle of campus with a free Palestine sign and a, a schmog around your neck as if you're fucking doing something because you're fucking not. You're not. Yep. My, my favorite is this. If, if you have a line on this, I would love it. Or for if you, you, you find out later, mm-hmm. what is with these weirdos tearing down pictures of kidnapped oh, Jewish yeah. children? Why? Yeah. What? What do you? And my my favorite is the brain dead idiots, like the pink haired non binary gender studies professor. Like they would gang rape you and throw you off a roof in Gaza, mm-hmm. and you're protesting for Hamas. What? What? I, well, I, I would love videos. to get in their heads. Like, what are you doing? Well, I saw a video recently of this this uh, woman talking about how if, if Hamas had captured me and I was a hostage, they would have made sure I had food and water. They would have made sure I was okay. All this stuff. It's like, do you – like, it doesn't take a lot. Google is free. Google is free. <laughs> you know? It's free. You probably have yeah. a smartphone, hence why I'm seeing your face on my screen. Google what yeah. Hamas is. It doesn't take a lot. You know, you think that you're just going to go. Exa- well, they're, oh, they're freedom fighters in a resistant movement. Rashida Tlaib told us. Yeah. You know, and I'll say this too, man. Like it, it's just, it's so insane how much information is out there in our, you know, brave new world. Right. 
and people just are drowning in it because there's so much bullshit you talked about the conspiracy theories Uh, that to me it it permeates and foments all of this it makes it worse and it speeds up this process you know and i think it does because Everything you see online, Zach, you said echo chambers. The first thing mm-hmm. that popped in my mind is the revolving door of ideology that exists on places like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. If you want to see it, the algorithm will show it to you. You go on TikTok and all you want to do is watch propaganda about Hamas being good. That's what Easy. you'll see. And it, and you'll start to have, yeah. you know, you'll affirm your own bias real fast because that's you all you're seeing and feeding your brain. You have to like search it outside of your echo chamber. And if you have and to act, 99% won't do that, they'll no, just continue no. to see it because it, it, it fills their feel good and it just keeps yep. going. Right, right. And they're not, they're not going to get yeah. out of that. Does it make you feel quickly. good? Yeah, or is it actually? I always, good? I always always look for humor in the worst of times, right? And my favorite is someone pointed. I mean, I I kind I I'd like to think I noticed this, but I don't think I really did. But um, uh, there's a rabbi who's got an Instagram feed, Rabbi Shmuley. Uh, it was uh, anyway, but the, the, there are a bunch of videos all coming out of of quote unquote Gaza, mm-hmm. showing. This guy who's he's a he's a tour guide and he's talking about that that, that that everything's great, but like you can see the Invisalign on his teeth. Right? So mm-hmm. this guy living in an open air prison has got a Invisalign. Um, but then he realized he showed me twenty different videos. The same guy was a wounded person hurt by a bomb in a hospital. Mm-hmm. The same like he's an actor. He's an actor who is right. doing performance pieces mm-hmm. about Crisis actor. the horrible yeah. things happening. Priceless. Funniest damn well, thing I've ever seen, but it was finally they took a picture. <laughs> let's talk about that because we're in the age of AI and we're the age of things being generated. I have seen so much stuff on online that is AI generated from fake <laughs> phone calls, from yep. fake fake dead bodies. It's crazy. And let me tell you, man, that is that is changing the face of, of warfare and it will because yeah. the, the information war is very real. And Zach, you talked before about, you know, what's the line for what an act of war is? We are mm-hmm. going to eventually have to come up with it, a line for cyber warfare, yeah. for things that don't. Pro- propagate, you know, things that propagate yeah. ideas online. And we are we have entered that world where that can that can stir up so much shit that people want to go to war over it you know oh, God, like, yeah. you talk about you talk about like the preconditions like deadly force and one of them mm-hmm. is like destruction of national critical infrastructure the, one of our uh main pipelines was like hacked and you couldn't yep. like we couldn't use it for yep. like a week like yep. that should be a war that should be yep. like you just you just you just mess with yep. national critical infrastructure the OPM breach was an act of war. Yeah, like right? it's yeah. so so it, crazy. It, it's that is, and that's that is crazy, man. Because it's so easy now, and I think that's one of the reasons why something like that isn't like when we were talking about those missiles. I said I think the United States lets it not be an act of war because yeah. it's so easy to for that to happen, and we're trying to oh, protect yeah. the posterity of our our planet, right? You know, and there, and it's there so needs easy to, be a to point to. There does, but that's what I'm getting at is there's so many – it's so easy for that to happen that 
you do it. I don't know. It's such a dichotomy. You have to find a way to say, here's a hard line. Yeah. But also not make it easy for that hard line to be crossed all the time. Yeah. Cause it is so starting, starting October 1st, 2024. Anyone who mm-hmm. does anything on this list, we will retaliate with equal or uh, what we believe equal punishment or retaliation mm-hmm. done. Yeah. But and the then- beautiful part is the beautiful mm-hmm. part is, that they've done such a successful job at this for so long. KGB started doing it here. The Chinese communists picked this up here. That you'll have lots of Americans arguing with you that you're insane for even saying it's happening, right? So TikTok in America shows, again, the algorithm suits itself to you, but it's also controlled. The Uh TikTok in America shows teenagers pictures of pretty girls doing this, right? Mm -hmm. That's what TikTok shows you here, right? And, uh-huh. and some cute little kid gets 100 million followers, whatever. In China, TikTok is mainly instructional videos of math and science. Yep. Right? right Deliberately. Like, no matter what you do in China as a 14-year-old girl asking to see, you know, Charlie D'Amelio or some, whoever the hell it is that, you know, is the dancing dingbat of, 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 of the world – the, the algorithm will steer you back to, well, that was fun, but more about the periodic table now, please. So right. the Chinese have deliberately created a tool which aggressively dumbifies, and I'm going to make that a word, the American population while yeah, yeah, educating the, yeah, the Chinese population. Mm-hmm. And if you bring it up, you're told that you're a lunatic, and, 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 uh, and people don't remember that the, the original term conspiracy theorist was designed by the Nixon administration to discredit people who were onto them. Mm-hmm. That was the first use of the phrase. If they have found out what we're up to, we instantly need to go on TV, roll our eyes, and call them conspiracy theorists and discredit them. And nothing has changed. I, I always say conspiracy <laughs> theorists should not be a dirty word, but it is now. No. Again, it's another thing that's been co opted and turned into something else. A conspiracy is literally a group of people banding together under an idea of performing something that is criminal or whatever. And untrue, to say usually. untrue, yeah. You know, and Deceitful. it's a conspiracy theory, right? Is calling stuff like that out, it doesn't make you bad. Now, if you I mean you're going online and you're saying, you know, again, the, the Jewish cabal of bankers is what's keeping everybody down. Like that's a conspiracy theory. It also makes you stupid, but it's not <laughs> a dirty word. And I, I, I hate that it's become this a, akin to whatever other s- slander you want to throw out. But there. there's nothing new under the sun, right? Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, people lie in wartime and all the rest of it. So, but yeah. gentlemen, I, I would, I, I, we have, we, I think we get to go on, but I think we might lose our audience. Um, this is, uh, I appreciate this. I think the biggest thing that is on my mind that I appreciate you guys focusing on is to aggressively and loudly correct the lies told about Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's the basis of all of this crap and all the so-called justification for yelling about it. No one, no other country on earth is asked to show restraint and proportionality when thousands of men, women, and children are murdered brutally mm-hmm. unarmed their house lit on fire when they don't come out with people filming it and calling their father at home saying i killed 10 proudly and him going alhamdulillah right i mean it's just it's madness and evil and the very fact that by uh, what the, the the november 4th right about a month later 
the whole world is focused on the poor people in Gaza without any thought as to why this is fucking happening in the first place is terrifying and needs to be countered in the in the marketplace of ideas every day forcefully. Because, of course, the Israelis have the right to defend themselves. I don't know what the hell that means. You're a country that's been assaulted. Your people have been massacred. What the hell else are you supposed to do but eradicate the aggressor? No other country on earth has ever asked not to eradicate an aggressor. Israel is unique in that. And oh. the people of the world need to wake up and realize this time they're not listening to your crap. And this time Hamas dies. I just want to ask you real quick, what would you say to when you say to people that have brought up the fact that the potential exists that Benjamin Netanyahu knew that this was going to happen and let Nonsense. it happen because of the protests that were going on a couple months Nonsense. ago about some of the judicial changes he was making. Yeah. Absolute nonsense. Again, the, the 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 leftist media in America and Israel follow the same 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 thing. When a Democrat in America wins, isn't it great? Democracy is wonderful. When a Republican wins, it's the end of the Republic and the destruction of democracy. I mean, they're getting boring. They're mm. really getting boring. They need they need a new lie. Um, the judicial reforms, very very briefly, um, are that uh, the 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 judiciary in Israel has has arrogated to itself power far and above and out of balance with the legislative branch. So um, none of us like it when the Supreme Court, you know, kind of legislates from the bench, right? They create law from rulings. Right. Uh, that has radically become the norm as, as the Israeli people have grown tired of this Hamas nonsense, grown tired of the West Bank nonsense, um, and are, you know, if you've got, if you've got a, 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 an opponent who all they do is call for your death and destruction all day long, you begin to get tired of, of being the idiot. It's like, but what if we give you more land for peace? Like, enough of this crap, right? So as the electorate has moved right and the electorate has decided that they want a Netanyahu versus, you know, a liberal, a leftist, um, the courts have taken it upon themselves to, quote-unquote, correct that on behalf of the majority of Israelis who have voted a certain way. Um, so, yeah, the leftist media would love some fantasy. You know, whenever – I'll shut up with this. If if the American media believes <clears throat> that Benjamin Netanyahu allowed his own citizens to be killed over a um, – over the, the chance that he be put out of office over basically an electoral change, right, then – there's no way you could ever tell me again that Joe Biden didn't steal the last election and the Democrats didn't create 9 million ballots. Like, you have to believe both. You can't believe one and not the other. If you believe Netanyahu let 1,400 people be murdered so he could, you know, prevail in a fight with the judiciary, then don't ever dare tell me that you don't believe that Joe Biden manufactured 9 million votes to win. You that have thought, to believe both. Or you believe power. neither. Yeah, that, that, those thoughts give too much power to the government at B, which yep. then in a way you're just saying that there's nothing you could do anyways. It just yeah. is. It's like the nine it, eleven conspiracy theories where they say that like the US did gosh, it to themselves. All of those idiots. It's if you give them that much power, then there's nothing that they, they can't, can't do. do. Mm -hmm. So that's a scary thought. You lost. So right. stop yeah, it's nonsense. 
Just go Who with is absolutely man? nonsense. Yeah. The idea that the president of a country would allow, would collude with terrorists to come murder his own people over a political fight is offensive. Not, no, not, not an and actual I, elected president. A fake president would, like uh, uh, like a president uh, of Iran. I, I question, yeah, well, but I, 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 I question, like, it's like I wouldn't think of that, you know, why? Because I'm yeah. not insane, right? Yeah. So, again, if someone's thinking that, what you're telling me is you believe Joe Biden stole the presidential election. You, 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 that's the only logical conclusion to an American journalist who believes that, then there's no way you can tell me you don't believe Biden stole the election. We, he get the most votes of anybody in the time of a pandemic when he hid in the basement and his rallies attracted nine people when Trump filled stadiums. You got to be kidding me. I don't believe that, but like you understand my point. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. are insane enough to believe Netanyahu let terrorists kill 1,400 people for his own political gain, then you also have to believe Joe Biden and the Democrats stole the last election. You and on that, the I, same logic. <laughs> I just want to say too that that if you think that that happened on purpose or was allowed to happen because they got caught off guard. You don't understand the difference between actionable intelligence and, and whispers essentially, Yeah, you know, you, it's, there's, there's a big difference understanding how the intelligence infrastructure works. It's just, it's just, just one of those things you're not going to know unless you just think of it from like a logical perspective. Just, just think of it like real quick, like a five-year-old would figure out a problem. <laughs> They have this thing called the Iron Dome. It doesn't let anything in, right? It doesn't let anything in. It does its best not to let anything in. You're telling yeah. me that they somehow were able to like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna shoot down these missiles, but those three we're gonna convince the system that has to shoot down everything to ignore it. So those get through. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Like it's such an intricate, well thought out defense yeah. plan. That there's no way that they randomly were like, okay, this one gets through. Like, nope. there would have to be someone physically picking them at that time and then, like, altering the code of the Iron Dome yeah. system because yeah. it's all automated anyways. Like, it doesn't <laughs> logically make any sense. The, the quick, simplest answer is always the best. These guys yeah. plotted, planned, ha- found a weakness. They've been building tunnels forever. They decided today's the day. And they were planning it for, for months, and it was very clever. They they flew over in little ultralights. They came yep. through the tunnels. They shot a barrage of missiles to distract them. There was a movement to the army, partially, but like that happens all the time. So they were smart. They chose right. They went for it, and with horrible, and, horrible results. And with Zach, that, what are we looking wanna, at here? I want yeah. I want. I brought this map because I want to put it in perspective. So this is for visual. People, if you're listening to us on any podcast only and you don't see the video, finish the episode, mm. then go to YouTube and then rewatch this whole thing again. That'd be great. Or Spotify. Get, get to this point, right? And yep. you, can, you can see this map here. So it's a map of Israel. And it's got the Gaza Strip and stuff. And it's basically talking about how far did Hamas push, what's currently going on, that type of stuff. But I bring this up because I want you to think that this is like your neighborhood. That's what I want you to think about. You live mm. in this little town right here that I'm circling. I don't want to mispronounce it. Uh, uh, Alumim, Alumim, Alumim. You live in this little really town. Yeah. And you're waking up and you're going through your normal day, probably about to get ready to go to school or go to work or whatever. And then out of nowhere, these people who absolutely hate you 
and they just want you dead is rushing across your town and killing everyone they see. That is disheartening. Look how far they got. This is pretty crazy how fast people were to run to TikTok and Instagram just to defend defend Palestine the second that happened to that day. People were already. Yeah. And and I want to stress something here to just like Americans specifically. You are not immune from this. Just because you are in the United States of America, you are not immune. A thousand of them Mm -hmm. here. The the tunnels that Hamas was was building, they exist on our southern border. The oh, yeah. the ultralights that they flew across exist on our southern border. The drones that they put over with C four and explosives attached exist yeah. on our Consider, southern border. Considered had they known in the American context that Biden would be president, they wouldn't have bothered to build those tunnels because they would have just walked across the border as they did. Like they <laughs> could have predicted that. Consider, too, that the the states put barriers up to protect those borders, and then the federal government goes behind them and tears them down. Madness. Madness. The federal government is not doing its job. States are, and they're preventing them from keeping people out of this country. I want to stress the importance of your inherent right to self-defense as well. And this this is going to go a little bit into, like, guns and gun control and stuff. There was people in Israel, Israelites, who had their own firearms and were taking it to Hamas. Not even part of IDF, nothing. They were taking it to Hamas. You in the United States, if this happens to you, something comes across your border. This is why you need an AR-15. This is why you need an AR-15. It's not to shoot down an F-15. It's not to go up against an M1 Abrams. It's to go against these fuckers. Yep. Either Hamas or some other group or entity that's going to come across as a person yep. with no regard to your safety, your health, or your humanity. And it's going to be them. You have to have borders in your country. That's yep. why I brought this map up. Look yeah. at this map. Yeah. Yep. This is what's going on right now. This is not a large piece of land. Look at this. It says it's 15 kilometers. Is this long? Like, it's. That's nothing. This yeah. is like the size of Manhattan, maybe. You could fit that in the size of a Texas ranch with multiples to go. That's a good point. But I also, yeah. last point I want everyone to look at down there, because they scream and yell about the open-air prison, blah, 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 blah. Look at that border with Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, quote-unquote, Arab brothers don't want them. There's no connections I want, except I want this every, every whining liberal who's screaming about how mean Israel is and the colonialist power and its apartheid and all this nonsense, which is a lie. I just want you to either start screaming and yelling about Egypt also, because that's not controlled by Israel. That's another country. And they don't open the border. And I want everyone who's screaming free Palestine to at least be equal and start finding Egyptian kids on a college campus to harass also. Yeah. With that, <laughs> Beef. I mean, I don't want that you harass anyone, but at least I'd no, like you to be exactly. equal opportunity harasser. Be, cons- be consistent with your with your ideology. Yeah, be don't consistent with choose. your pointless hate. Yeah, don't do it just because it feels good. Do it because it's going to be good. That's right. Well, 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 thank you. After we wrap up, after we wrap up, stay on for a second. Why don't you quit quit, quit the recording? For sure. Well, again, uh, Christopher, thank you for coming on, talking to us. Uh, for everybody listening, um, trying to 
have an, an, another guest come on just to, if you're interested, talk about the more nuanced like history um, and uh, provide more of a historical context for anybody who's interested as well. Um, that's coming up. And um, Christopher, uh, awesome. we can find you at the Messy Times show. You write for uh, you have your own Substack, um, and then uh, you write for the the Browning Institute as as well. Brown, Brown, find Brownstone Institute. Brownstone, Brownstone Institute. Institute. Thank I'd you. be happy to write for the Browning Institute too if they'd have me. And the Brown <laughs> Institute. <laughs> sure, it's an easy easy mistake. The Brownstone <laughs> Institute. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. So yeah, everybody appreciate you guys listening. Um, special episode will be out pretty soon. So all right, thanks a lot, guys. We appreciate it for sure. What's going on, Fire fans? I Came With Fire podcast is sponsored by Red Clover Coffee and Sheep's Clothing, LLC. Red Clover Coffee is a veteran-owned company with small batch roasted coffees, and they just happen to donate to some pretty awesome charities. Whether you're into specialty flavored coffees, single-source coffees, or having a really cool coffee mug and some badass slaps, Red Clover has you covered. You can order ground, whole bean, or even coffee pods and get it all at 10% off your entire purchase using coupon code came with fire again that's 10% off your entire purchase using our coupon code came with fire i personally love their blueberry invasion and african roast that blueberry invasion hits the spot head over and get yourself some awesome coffee and support us by supporting our sponsor i came with fire podcast is also sponsored by sheep's clothing llc Sheep's Clothing LLC is a unifying banner for all violent arts, disciplines, professions, and survivors of violent circumstances. Redefine violence. Both Zach and I being survivors of violent circumstances and LEOs in the military, we are especially excited to be able to offer you 10% off your entire purchase with coupon code FIRE10 at checkout. Whether you're looking for an awesome t-shirt, hats, slaps, flags, or MMA gear, they've got you covered. Me personally, I love my snapback with the leather patch surrounded by God's flannel. If you know, you know. That's coupon code FIRE10, F-I-R-E-1-0, at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Thank you all so much for supporting this podcast, and if you should feel compelled, treat yourself by supporting our sponsors as well. They truly make a difference for us, now let's make a difference for them. See you on the next show.